I get it started You are now tuned in to my parents' office yeah, With Brett Castle and Andrew Diaz New new dropping, yeah, you know where I'll be at Believe that, New England flow in your speakers Tryna run game, lace heat like sneakers In a flashlight, lightning bugs I pop up at your spot and I'm lighting up, yeah JR on a mic and I'm next to blow No commercials, I turn it to an episode Better get down to business, begin the show So let me get going, welcome to MPO Welcome back to the My Parents Office podcast. I am your host, Andrew Diaz. Today we've got episode 103, uh, Second Camp Chronicles. I've got my teammate uh, and senior, Josh Colmer, joining today. But before we get into that, make sure you follow us on social media at My Parents Office on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, uh, Facebook page, My Parents Office podcast, and Substack articles from the office. But, uh, Without further ado, Josh, what's going on, man? Too much, bro. I just got done with some lunch, waiting on this afternoon practice we got going. So I know it's uh, so today's actually we're taping this on Sunday, um, first kind of day that it's not scorching out. I mean, yesterday you got here um, too late from getting off the ship, but uh, yesterday was hot. I mean, today's been pretty nice. So I- I'm actually looking forward to practicing, especially we're going to be in uppers for the afternoon, which will be pretty sick. But uh, so you spent the majority of the summer, it seemed like at sea, you started on sea term um, on the Kennedy. And then what was your uh, the second half of your summer? What did that look like for you? So the second half of the summer, I joined up with the General Rudder. It's the oh. Texas A&M's training ship. Yep. So I just need I didn't need all the days for commercial ship. So I was able to hop on here with a bunch of other cadets and just kind of make up the days needed work with some engineers from the actual from the actual industry and learn some cool stuff, work on some cool engines and systems. So it was honestly a great learning experience, a lot of one-on-one time, even though we weren't really dealing with too much cargo or anything, it was still ship life and just kind of hanging out with some cool cadets from around the country. Now, were you able to work out on the ship? How did that, uh, how did, especially you're going through first, Today is the first real day for you since getting back off the ship. How is it? Uh, do you feel behind or right where you want to be? Like, what's uh, how how did the ship kind of prepare you? Well, I mean, I could always I always feel like I could be a little farther ahead, but this ship didn't have a weight room on it, so we were kind of stuck outside. We had a pull-up bar and some bands and some light dumbbells, so it's more prison workouts and push-ups than anything, but. Definitely feeling it. Definitely good to be back in an actual gym and back with the team and everything like that. So I'm excited. So you went to Maine Maritime for your first two years. The program folds, and then you end up at Mass last season, obviously COVID year. What did your recruitment look like coming out of high school to land you in Maine? So coming out of high school, I was actually – I prefer walk-on – from UNH, University of New Hampshire. And then I had some D2 offers, but nothing, none of those schools really stuck out to me besides the football program. Yep. So I was committed to St. Anselm College back in high school. And then uh, I just, I wasn't really feeling the school itself. Okay. And someone, someone told me about Maine Maritime. I, I mean, I talked to the coaches before and I was like, oh, no, I'm not really looking to play D3 football. But then as soon as I went on campus up there, I knew that was the degree I wanted. 
I love tearing shit apart. Stuff. Oh shit. Looks like we, uh, we lost Josh right there, but, uh, let me shoot him a text to get him back, back into the, uh, into the meeting. All right. We had some slight technical difficulties, but we are back. We are Josh, back. You were talking about your major at Maine, how you like tearing shit apart with your hands pretty much. Yeah. I mean, every, it's pretty cool. Everything's hands-on. You don't really get that at a lot of schools. So when I got on campus, it was kind of late in the recruitment process and I just saw the labs they were doing, kind of felt a bit of the culture that they had coming up with all the new coaches and morale. And the team was really looking forward to improving from the shitty seasons they'd had in the past, get back to where they were 10 years ago when they were running, running over every team, yep. running the triple option, just destroying records nationally and stuff. So, yeah, when I got there, that was a real focus was just getting the team back on track from their 0-10 season. But, yeah, I got there freshman year, was starting at center, and then um, everything kind of dwindled down. There was problems with the administration and the coaches and everything. So didn't turn out for the best like I wanted it to, but I was still with all my buddies, and we just were hoping to make the best of the next three years after freshman year. And then went on for another shitty season sophomore year. I was playing tackle. And yeah, end of the summer last year, we were getting ready to go back from COVID. The coaches we had there were ready to get back into practices and whatnot. And then the ax came down from above and no more football there. So the maritime schools all across the board have some great programs. All the licenses are the same. Like I'm a marine engineer, so I do all the shipping out and working okay. down the engine rooms. So I just love that culture, really, the hardworking blue-collar culture from that. So I reached out to the coaches here, and I talked to Coach Cam a little bit in high school, and he remembered my name. So we went through a process with um, admissions and everything, worked to get some transfer credits, and I was here last fall. So it's been working, working with the team, meeting new kids, Great culture here. I'm probably, I'm really excited to get see what we can do this season. Now, up at Maine, how big was the switch for you to go from center to tackle? And now you're playing tackle here at Mass. How is that, like, in the offseason, how did you kind of adapt to make that position change? So I've kind of – ever since I was young, I've been playing all over the offensive line. Mm -hmm. High school, I started out at tackle my freshman, sophomore year, and then we had an all-state uh, – we had an all-state center who was two years above me. He actually just graduated from West Point. He was a wrestling captain. Wow. And so he was he was a really good center, a little stocky dude. And then we lost my sophomore year, all five O-linemen were seniors. So going into my junior year, they needed someone to step up at center. And I'd practice my snaps in the offseason. I was the go-to guy for that because I could kind of switch around. Mm -hmm. So junior and senior year, played center, got recruited as center and D tackle, and then they needed a center up in Maine, so that's where I ended up. Then we lost sophomore year. We lost a really good left tackle, so they bumped me out there, put the next guy up at center, and that's where I've been. Hell, chill with the chill with the small guys outside now, rather than the big boys up front. The the the, the skinny guys out there. Yeah, the skinny guys out there. 
Now, so you were obviously, I heard you talk about today, you obviously played in the game when Mass came up there my freshman year and they had the cannon incident. Yeah. The cannon <laughs> went know, off. That was hilarious. Refs year. Yeah, so we were in. We were having our best game. It was homecoming. We had so homecoming up in Maine was crazy. They had all their alumni come back, and one of the guys, he was a CEO at a big construction company up in Maine. Yeah, graduated like 20 years ago. Showed up, had a homemade cannon with them. They were stuffing it with just grass and paper clippings and black powder to make a make a loud bang, you know. And yeah, we score. We score a touchdown in the fourth quarter. First one of the game. And running down to the end zone, I'm standing next to this ref while we're celebrating. You hear the cannon go off, and all of a sudden, you just see the ref drop to the ground. <laughs> Turns out that some of that paper and grass flew out, hit him in the side of the face, and burned the whole side of his face. So, Jesus. Yeah. It was, it was funny to see at the time because that whole week after, like, USA Today had, like, an article. Oh, it was all over it. the place, like, every- dude major news outlet at least had an article written about it's like a uh, cannon goes off in ref's ear at division three football <laughs> game up in maine and you're like yeah. I, I, th- I i watched that like that's crazy that that yeah. uh, we're part of that so that that must have been that was something else yeah i mean my uncle lives in california he played ball back in the day and he's like was what were you guys doing he's <laughs> like i'm seeing this in california i'm like i don't know man like, uh, it was funny though it wasn't funny, but looking back on it, it was pretty hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It, it, look, yeah, like you said, in the moment you feel bad for the ref, but like now looking back, it's 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 funny that it even happened that that went off at the or like that <laughs> all transpired like that. Yeah, I'm surprised they even let the guy fire it. Like they had yeah. a nice cannon, a nice actual one that they bought, and you put shells in it, and it doesn't yep. do anything but make a noise. And you had this guy just shoving it with random shit and blowing it up so yeah. so along so big thing at the I, I know at least at mass i don't know how it was at maine or suny or any of the other maritime academies the big thing for seniors is growing the mustache and i see you're yeah, so is that going to be a thing to stay throughout the whole year or are you going to end up shaving it all off man i'm hoping to keep it it's a little, it, it it's a little gnarly right but it's the maritime look you know yeah. It's something you look forward to for three years, a big privilege. And if you can grow one, you just got to send it, you know? Yeah. It's looking sweet, dude. I, I like it. I think it's like Henry may hear this or not. He may or may not hear this, but his, his socks, dude, his is not great. Yeah. It's a little caterpillar, like worm looking above his lip, but yours come came in thick though. Came in thick. I had the whole beard going right before this, but yeah. I couldn't, couldn't save that. So got to keep a little facial hair. Now, one question we ask everybody that comes on that uh, is an athlete, was an athlete, or is a coach, um, you've got time for three songs before a game. Um, what are you playing in your headphones? Like, what are your three big pump-up songs? Oh, big pump-up songs. I got to I gotta think about this one. But, yeah, I'm, I'm big in a pre, pre-game. I like a little, uh, little Wayne. Okay. A little rich as fuck, dude. Yeah. Get that going. Get a little walk a fuck of flame, dude. Like hard in the paint or something. Yep, yep. And then you also got to go with like the classic hard rock stuff. A little disturbed or um, yeah, a little Godsmack. 
can't even name the songs because you just listen to the artists yeah. for those bangers. But yeah, that's solid. Now, do you have any weird like pregame rituals that you've kind of carried maybe through high school or maybe you started in college, like something that you consistently do? Um, me personally, I don't really have any rituals besides I usually try and just find a quiet spot on my own, just kind of play, like play the game over how I want it to go in my head while I just listen to some music and Mm -hmm. stretch out, roll out a little bit, just kind of get in the zone. But other than that, that's really my only ritual per se. I don't have anything crazy I do. When it comes to like drip on the field, what do you go with? Because like center is different. Center is you want to have your hands kind of free. You're not going with gloves. Tackle, I feel like you can get you can ice out ice yourself out a little bit more. So like what do you what do you go with? Man, I go with the OG look. I just go tape tape the hand up around the hand, tape the right. wrist all the way up. You know, gotta show the fingers, you know, make it right. badass. But other than that, I love the white cleats. Yeah, the white, white cleats, the white, white socks. Yeah, that's the look. Now, are you a knee brace guy, too? I saw a couple of your pictures. You had the knee brace in Maine. Are you bringing those back or no? Yeah, I still have them. I, so, my junior year of high school, I tore my PCL. Okay. So, I missed half the season. My team went on to win the championship in New Hampshire, but I had to sit out the playoffs and everything because I had a torn PCL, which sucked. But, yeah, ever since then, I got the braces, and it's more of a preventative thing now. I don't really need them. Right. So I don't want to deal with that again, sitting out, missing games. So Right. Yeah. Now, the NCAA granted uh, every pretty much every athlete has at least one more year of eligibility. Is that something you're going to look to take up? Or, like, when you're done with school, like, n- this year, are you out of here? Uh, it's still up in the air, really. I mean, the way I'm going right now, I really just want to get out and get a job and make some money. But if all else fails, I still have that other year, come back and play another ball year ball. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to it. It's just more time to not make count it, it out. You know? Now we texted a little bit about this before. I want to do an O-line draft. It's really first O-lineman I've got on here that like were teammates. So I'm kind I kind of want to hear what like some of your just favorite all-time guys. Um, that you just like watching a play. You don't even have to be guys that were like great players. Just guys you had a fun time watching. So we'll bounce. Oh, this one, of- this one, this one's only been around a couple of years, but everybody knows Quentin Nelson. Oh, it's I awesome love going watching. on YouTube watching Quentin Nelson, listening to his, uh, listening to his mic ups and everything. Mm-hmm. One guy that sticks close to me though is Logan Mankins. Okay. One of the, one of the all time greats from the Patriots. Grew up watching the Patriots. Love watching that guy. And then No, is there a tackle in the game today? Like a left tackle that you get you try to like model your game after a little bit? I'm not big I'm not really that big into modeling my game off anybody, but one guy I do like watching is Trent Brown. Yeah. Big left tackle. But yeah. I love watching Joe Thomas back the last few years before he retired. He's one guy I really looked up to, but it's crazy yeah. he never won a play or never went to the playoffs with how no, many he played and how good he was and just the teams around him, like the quarterbacks he had to block for like the end of his career, Brandon Whedon, Deshaun Kaiser, guys like that, Manzel, just brutal. Yeah. No. But yeah, I mean, 
if you love where you're at and don't want to change it, you might as well just keep playing where you are. Yeah. Now, are you a Pats fan because you're a New England guy? Oh, yeah. I grew up watching the Pats. I lived you- in, I've lived in Bedford, New Hampshire since I was three years old. So every chance I got, every Sunday, Pats were on. Food was, food was out, Pats were on. Just watching Tom Brady run up and down the field. Pats offense. I was a big Randy Moss guy back in the yeah. day. First but- number I ever had second, third grade or whatatever I started playing was 81, you know? That's Give me awesome. random numbers. I was 81, and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm Randy Moss, <laughs> even though I was playing nose guard. <laughs> but, yeah. What, what's your go-to game day snack? Like, is it something your, your one of your parents makes maybe, or is it – do you have, like, a go-to restaurant you go out to that you get something from? Um, I've always been big on, like, the night before, getting a big meal of pasta, dude. Mm-hmm. A lot of pasta, meat sauce, all that good stuff. It's getting the carbs for the day, but usually pregame, I'll eat like a cliff bar and a banana or something. Don't want too much in the system. Yeah. Big breakfast and a little snack before. Now, what's your go to meal for when you're watching the Pats? Like, what's that meal for you? Or like snack? Oh, buffalo or chicken dip, dude. Big bowl of buffalo chicken dip, some hint of lime chips. Yup. Oh, yeah, dude, that's the way to go. Now, how, how are you feeling about the Pats this season, like with what they've done in the offseason? I mean, you got – it seems like a big quarterback battle between Newton and uh, Mac Jones, too, which could be exciting down the stretch. Yeah, I'm excited to see. I watched that game the other night, and Mac Jones was looking good. Yeah, Just he looked sharp. Sitting in the pocket, nice and calm, but you can never underestimate Cam Newton. Yeah, it's, especially Mac didn't get a lot of help from his O-line, like – third quarter so I mean when you get the guys like David Andrews uh Trent Brown those guys back in front of him I think he could succeed real well he's not like Newton he's not getting out of the pocket the same way that he's going that Newton's going to I think the Pats personally have a great pass blocking scheme up front doesn't seem like they let up a lot of sacks but the run game ain't all there so we'll see how that see how that plays out yeah, the, the big loss for them is Tooney at left guard, which is going to – Oh, it, yeah, dude. That's going to hurt. But, I mean, they had what's his uh, – big hit from Michigan on Wenu last year that they got in, like, the sixth round who turned out to be really – turned out way better than they expected, which is pretty yeah. sweet. So, it'll be exciting to see how they play this year. Yeah. Now, now as a Pats fan, are you looking forward to when the Bucks come back week four with Brady and Gronk? Oh, 100%. I know I'll be sitting there. My mom's going to be rooting for Brady and Gronk. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love Tom Brady, but I'm going to be like, screw these guys. Let's go Pats. Now, now, as a Pats fan, what was your, like, thought on that when, like, both of them left? Um, because I feel like a lot of Pats fans were – it was 50-50 split where they're like, well, still always be a fan of them or kind of like that screw them, just move on aspect. So what was your whole kind of thought process? I'm a little bit of both, like – if I'm watching, if I'm watching the Bucks play, I'm cheering for Tommy Boy. Yeah. But Bucks come to New England. New England goes to Tampa. It's fuck the Bucks, dude. Yeah. You know, you want to see Tom Brady throw four interceptions when he's playing you, but absolutely, you can never underestimate the guy. Love Tom Brady. Love Gronk. Like those are my guys growing up. So you can't ever say screw them. But just it was tough seeing him go, but it's also nice to see him succeed a little bit. Right. 
Now, for you, when you were up at Maine, I, I visited that campus, and it doesn't seem like there's too much to do in that general area up in Cast Iron. What was your, like, what would you guys do on the weekend to get away? So we, so I don't know if you, it's like Bar Harbor, Acadia National Park. That was pretty, that was like 45 minutes away. So springtime, you spent a lot of time outside. It's a beautiful area, beautiful hikes around. But during the winter, it was a lot different than here at Mass. You had off-campus housing. Mm-hmm. So you'd have like a football house and a soccer house. So you're actually getting to go out and go party a little bit like a regular college would per se. But kind of sweet. Yeah, it was pretty fun. You just make your own fun up there. Yep. Lot, like I love skiing. So I'd always rip to my buddy's hunting cabins near Sugarloaf or Sunday River and go hang out with them, do a little ice fishing and go skiing, snowmobiling. So there was a lot of outdoor stuff to do, but your closest city was Bangor, Oof. which isn't much of a city, and that was an hour away still. Yeah. Now, what, what's been your, your favorite and probably least favorite part about being down pretty much right outside the Cape? Because you've been down here, you were here for COVID year, and then now you're back for camp. So what's been your favorite and least favorite aspects of it? Honestly, I love being closer to home. Mm-hmm. I love being able to go home if I want to on the weekends. I'm only a couple hours away. So it's nice being able to keep in touch with guys from home. But, I mean, the Cape itself is beautiful during the yeah. summer, during the spring. And there's a lot of golfing to do. Um, I like the flat campus. Maine Maritime is a big hill. Mm-hmm. Mass is nice and easy to walk around. So. Yeah. Now, yeah, I forgot. You're a big golf guy. How has your game been since, uh, like, over the summer? Well, you haven't played over the summer, so you kind of just got out. Uh, back playing yesterday so how did your game take a bit of a hit uh, from being on the ship yeah it did it took a major hit dude so I was playing I was playing on the weekends before we left Mm -hmm. and then I came I came back one day I got a day off when we were in Boston went home for a day played with my buddies shot my best round I shot a 40 which isn't great but it was nice. It was nice shooting that 40 on nine. Yeah. Yesterday I went out in Falmouth and played a cool little par three down there. But and my, I'm hit or miss, you know. I'll hit it great off the tee box and then I'll shank it towards the green. Or I'll yeah. hit it awful off the green or off the tee box and then Have get a, a nice chip company. up there. <clears throat> Now, are you so, you a big you a big watching golf guy, or are you just a player? So I've always been a like I was always a player, but this year in particular with COVID and everything, yep. just getting together with some guys, like watching the Masters, watching the PGA's, watching like Phil Mickelson this year. And when we were getting ready to leave on the Kennedy, we were all stuck on campus, so mm-hmm. we'd go to my buddy's room and we just watch golf all day. That's sweet. Drink a couple beers, watch some golf, dude. Nothing better than sitting there watching sports in general. Absolutely, man. It, it's golf, golf's one that like you have to kind of grow to like to watch. And like over the years, yeah. I've gotten to wa- like it a lot more. And it just when there's the big tournaments like the Open and the Masters, it just gets exciting to watch guys play. Especially like you said, guys like Phil when they're playing good, yeah. or like whenever Tiger's good, golf is fun. That that's pretty much. Yeah. How I feel is whenever a guy, those older guys are playing their best, golf is at its best. It's uh, it's exciting. 
Yeah, definitely. Me watching golf also pisses me off, though, because you wonder how those guys can make all those shots like they do. Oh, how they make it look good. so easy, and then you go out the next day, and you're like, what the hell just happened? It, it's crazy to think about because, you like, you'll struggle at a nine-hole course, but you know if they go out there, they'd absolutely just torch the course. Oh, yeah. Shoot, like, 10 under probably on a nine-hole course, if that. And they, they just absolutely tear it up. So it, it, that's definitely the frustrating aspect of watching golf. <laughs> but uh, so we got practicing. What, what's it right now? One fifteen. We got practicing about an hour and a half. So I'll yeah, let you know, Josh, I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. We're in uppers today. So it's an exciting day. We're actually going to be able to hit. Yeah, so We'll get I'm to happy. hit a little bit. It's been too long. Been too long, bro. We got some O-line, D-lines coming up. So I'm, I'm definitely excited about that. Yeah, we'll have to post some of those highlights up here. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, right, man. appreciate it, Josh. And thank you for listening to this episode of the My Parents Office podcast. Stay tuned for episode 104 of Camp Chronicles. Um, and yeah, make sure you follow us on social media and subscribe to the Substack. Thanks, guys. She would shut me up quick, like, don't even start. But when I found somebody, you tried to pull us apart. You wild behind the scenes, saying around you, thinking like gold and diamond rings.